Welcome to the last lap podcast. Welcome to the last lap podcast. Welcome everybody to the Last Lap Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Pearson, and alongside me is the um, Lord of the Bants, Sean Gray. <laughs> Lord of the Bants, yes, that is me, <laughs> the banter king. <laughs> and the lady with bants in her pants, it's yeah. Alex Mack. Bonjour! <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Thank you. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, F1 banter dominated, I'm afraid, this week by the singular topic that has come up. Possibly the biggest news since probably when Vettel moved from Red Bull to Ferrari, maybe. It's possibly the biggest thing. Um, Red Bull have inked a two-year deal with Honda Engines, replacing the 12-year partnership they have had with Renault. Uh, a decision which, shall we say, has divided opinion on uh, exactly how good people feel it might be for the team. Um, but we shall attempt to try and pick apart what we, we can see is the repercussions for the teams and or engine manufacturers involved. Um, since within Renault, you cover all the all the bases. Uh, the repercussions for McLaren, um, in terms of um, make their importance to Renault now. Um, the relationship that Honda can expect from Red Bull, having done just a year with Toro Rosso, uh, and what we predict to be the likely outcome in two years' time when that deal expires. So quite a lot to try and cover in about half an hour. So we'll we'll, we'll dive right in. Straw poll. <laughs> is this a good deal for Red Bull? Sean, yes or no? No. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think Alex. it's a massive risk. Oh, we're doing a quick poll. Uh, yeah, just quick, yeah. quick straw poll just to start off with. Undecided. <laughs> well, that kind of ruins the straw poll because yeah. there's three of us, and I kind of need—I need somebody to potentially break the tie. Uh, um, okay, uh, no. Gut feeling is no. Yep. My gut feeling is that it is, but not possibly for the reasons you might expect. Ooh, <laughs> and there intriguing. is a. We will. I will get into my reasons about why I think it's a good deal, um, and it's and it. It's a multi-way reason, so it's 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 less about just rebels thing in this. So, Sean, you were quite defected in. Uh, can't speak. You were quite clear <laughs> that this was a bad idea. Yes. What is your main reason for this being a, a poor decision from Red Bull? The Honda's rubbish. <laughs> 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 no, no. I think I think this is um, a huge risk. Not only from a performance point of view, but from a reliability point of view, they're splitting up with a partner that, yes, it's been rocky, but they've been together 12 years with Renault. So that Renault, and, and before, you know, for, before the, the Works Renault team came back into the, to the fold, Red Bull was almost the de facto Renault Works team. So that, their entire team was built around that partnership with Renault. 
four world championships, four constructors' championships. Adrian knew he's been designing cars for 10 years all around that Renault. So it's going to mean a massive shift in the entire complete way the team operates from, you know, more or less top to bottom. That's a huge risk to take um, on an engine that has proven in the last four years to be of limited performance and limited reliability. If you were going to up, you know, completely up sticks your whole team for a brand new engine supplier and it was a Mercedes engine coming in, you could say, okay, it's just, it's just worth it. But to, to, to completely um, yeah, revolutionize the way they, they do their engine side of the things for the Honda, <laughs> I just can't see how it can, can possibly end well. And why I think it's doubly risky is they've got two drivers in those cars right now that both could be potential world champions. But equally, they've got two drivers that are definitely, definitely looking around to see what else is out there. So if they see the Honda come in and it looks a bit naff, they'll be out the door quicker than you can say boo. You know, Ricardo already might be out the door before this has even been implemented. And if the, the you know, if Max Verstappen's, you know, driving a a car next season that isn't capable of top six, top eight finishes, or you know, it's he's he's not going to be hanging around longer than another season. So they could go from having the most exciting driver lineup on the grid to you know scrambling around trying to put Sebastian Buemi in the car. You know, so not no disrespect to Sebastian Buemi, he's an excellent <laughs> poor Sebastian Buemi. <laughs> he's, he's a solid driver, you know. But um, yeah, you know, so I just if they. It could backfire massively, could end up resulting in them losing their best driver lineup that they've probably ever had. It's a huge, huge risk. And it's not one that I'd have been taking personally if I was running that team. Cool. Alex, your 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 thoughts on the the the, the deal is you obviously wet erred on the side of it not being a good idea. Is there yeah, I'm, I'm surprised more than anything. It, 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 I think just now you just said they've had a year to sort of consider in terms of Toro Rosso, but actually I think they've only had since uh, after the summer last season, wasn't it? I, I, I might be wrong. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with everything that Sean's just said. I don't think that the from from what we've seen in recent years, I don't think there's the data to support that things are going great. But I mean, that's just what we're seeing, I guess. Um, I'm thinking about McLaren and thinking about how rubbish of the last few seasons they've had, but that's not necessarily just because of the Honda engine. I was really, I was surprised that they said yes to it. So soon into the season, I thought, I thought my decision after the summer break, maybe, but, and, but also they've only signed on for two years. So, so there's that. I think it's two years, isn't it? They've agreed to at the moment. Um, interesting. It's the only 
what I can say. But in the previous podcast, we were talking about, um, you know, the gas man, Pierre, is doing doing pretty well in the Toro Rosso with the Honda engine, um, given the the Toro Rosso car. So I, I just felt, I, I felt surprised. And that's why I initially said, not sure. Uh, I haven't had enough time to sort of take in everything that they're saying about it and the reasons they've chosen to do that because the tw- to ending a, ending a 12-year relationship with Renault is huge and I, I, I'm, I'm surprised and I'm still sort of digesting that, I think. What are your thoughts? And I'm very interested in your reasons that are not the reasons that we think they're going to be. So, I, I think you have to look. You you raised something there about you know why isn't this coming at a different time? Why haven't they gone you know more races in the season? The simple answer for that I think is that Renault literally weren't going to let them. Um, oh, okay. Renault had said that they'd wanted oh, it. I think earlier than today and had extended it to um, you know the start of June. Basically, they wanted it at the end of last month didn't quite get it so they gave him an, you know another another right to do it and i think they basically just said no you make your decision now and if you know and you, and you go with it that way so i think timing wise they didn't have a choice and i suspect the fact that Renault were in were at the point where they were willing to start making those kind of demands tells you all you need to know about how much Renault really were feeling about wanting to actually keep Red Bull. I'm sure they'd have been happy to keep them. You know, Red Bull are a great team, design great cars, uh, doing very well. You know, it, it's it's good advertising for Renault. But it is only good advertising so long as, you know, Horner and Marco keep their mouth shut for five seconds and don't slag them off. But it only yeah. takes two races of unreliability for them to start bemoaning the fact that they'd be winning world titles if it wasn't for the Renault in the back of the engine. And they've been doing that for about four seasons now. So, you know, I think that there is a a time where Renault have just gone, we've got McLaren on board. There's a reasonable good hope that they will do well with our engines in the car. Do you know what I mean? Clearly, um, they're doing better already this season with the Renault than they were with the Honda. So, you know, once they get over whatever their particular woes are, and that's probably an entire podcast worth talking. In fact, funnily enough, I've been talking about it on Twitter today with some of the other guys. Um, but once they get over those bits and pieces, then they've got uh, you know a a customer team clearly they're able to um, you know win potentially win races, potentially win championships at some point down the line. Um, their works team is clearly going in the right direction as well they seem to be solidly ahead of most of the other midfield teams, most races. Uh, yeah. Certainly not dropping from being best of the rest down to worst of the rest. They're generally best of the rest or second behind whoever is best of the rest. Um, I think their overall package is generally the fourth best comfortably on the grid, to be honest. I think if you uh, average it out, I suspect that's absolutely true. I think yeah. if you looked at the average result that those cars you, get week in, week out, even if you look at the standings, I know that's not always a good indication. Um, it could be, you know, slightly misleading sometimes. But just in the point standings, those like Hockenberg and Science both look, you know, it looks like they're comfortably best of the rest. And the only person above them who's not in a Red Bull, Ferrari, or Mercedes 
is Fernando, and that just shows yeah. you what testament Fernando is doing in that McLaren. That just goes to <laughs> highlight his own class. So, yeah, the, I, I agree with you in that sense that the Renault is definitely improving for sure. So you've got to look at it that way, that they're not necessarily mm-hmm. utterly reliant on Red Bull for the advertising of Renault engines to the world, um, yeah. especially given that Rebel aren't actually winning championships. If they were, then I think it would be different, wouldn't it? But then at that point, Rebel aren't going to get rid of Renault engines, so it, it becomes moot. But that, that it ties into the whole entire thing. Rebel aren't winning championships, therefore the prestige that Renault are getting from that is less, so it's less important to them. And obviously Rebel aren't winning titles, so at that point that's you know an, an important factor to, to both of those. The fact that McLaren is on the scene for Renault makes it easier for them to shift focus from one team to another. McLaren clearly are wanting to bounce back and bounce back as fast as possible. That probably puts Renault in more of a power situation within regards to data sharing and all the other bits and pieces that they can get with McLaren, which Red Bull are certainly not going to share anything that they don't have to with Renault, given it's a, you know a potential competitor team. So when you look at it that way, for Renault, they've got no reason not to say to Red Bull, choose us or jog on. That only leaves you with Red Bull's decision about what they can do. And as it's been clearly pointed out, they can't get a Mercedes. They can't get a Ferrari. They can only get a Honda. They can only look at what the Honda's been doing in the Toro Rosso this season and it's not been anywhere near as bad as it has been in any of the three previous seasons for McLaren. I think you have to appreciate that Honda have made a step up in that engine. Um, And having seen that, have it seen not go backwards like it has uh, had in the McLaren, that there is potential for it to be quickly on par with what they have with Renault, at least right now, which is getting them to be right on the back of the Ferraris and Mercedes with a car that they can design, I think that they've looked at it and gone, this is a reasonable deal. I don't think they've looked at it and gone, this is the best deal, because the best deal is probably at this point to get a Ferrari in the back of it. But, you know, it's never going to happen, so why even why even worry about it? And after all, it was worth... Somebody pointed this out to me, is that um, Renault had to be persuaded to continue to supply Red Bull when they first started looking around for other engines. Bernie Eccleston basically brokered a deal where Renault got extra bits and bits and bobs for continuing to supply Red Bull whilst they were slagging them off every five minutes. <laughs> so, you know, it's never been a good relationship in that it, it, for, for a very long time in those pieces. Um, that still puts it as a gamble for Red Bull. And I, I, I certainly agree with you, you guys, that I think if you probably had a better relationship with Renault, they probably wouldn't necessarily be shopping around for the Honda engine. Now, I suspect that they would be looking to 2019, 2020 to actually make that decision. But this just comes at a point for all the all the parties involved where pretty much this deal makes sense regardless of whether it's the best option in terms of engines chosen for each suppliers and for the people involved. Honda pretty much have no choice. That you know, They got taken on to Toro Rosso knowing that that was a test to see whether Red Bull would take them. 
So they don't, you know, they're, they're, they're supplying Red Bull if Red Bull choose to have them as suppliers. It's just, just the way it is. So they're, they're doing whatever is put in front of them. In a lot of ways, I personally think Honda get the bum end of this deal uh, because they're going from McLaren as sole works partners where there was one singular focus. Um, and okay, that didn't work out, but at least it was a singular, you know, they had a singular source of um, requirements coming from to being in this odd situation where apparently Rebel don't want to be considered, you know, they don't want the label of works uh, because Toro Rosso will get exactly the same engine. But we all know that Rebel are going to be the ones asking, you know, it's it's Red Bull's input into the engine that's going to define the direction of which and um, where it's being pushed. And what <laughs> if Renault, with their years of experience of continued support of Formula One engines from the end of the the V8s into the V6 turbos, are getting dogs abuse from Red Bull for the way that they've been building the engines. Where does that leave Honda? Do you know what I mean? They've, they've had a nice easy season to build around Toro Rosso where Toro Rosso have like, yeah, man, give us an engine because, you know, we've got nothing. There, isn't, there is no choice here. We, we um, you know, we pretty much had to end up, end up taking it because that's what Mataschitz and Marco have decided that they want to do. So, you know, just build us a, a a reliable and reasonable engine. We'll you know we'll build around it. But Red Bull aren't going to want to do that. And Adrian Newey isn't going to want to package around whatever Honda give him. He's going to have requirements for that engine, and then they're going to go back to exactly the same position that they had with Honda, where they're not necessarily going to want. They're not going to be able to produce the engine that they want to produce. And uh, uh, you know, Mark Gallagher. Uh, tweeted something similar like that somebody saying you know um it will be different with with red bull than it was and i went and i kind of asked him why and he said well honda uh, mclaren told them what their engine they had to build adrian newey is just packaging it and it's just kind of like but that's not the point though isn't it the, the size zero thing isn't necessarily just about packaging around whatever lump um honda put in the back of the car that's just not it's not as simple as that that's too simplistic to look at it Adrian Newey is going to want to design something that works with his concept of, of aerodynamics. And if it doesn't, then do, do we really think that Christian Horner is going to sit there and go, that's fine, Honda. It's fine. Don't <laughs> worry about Adrian. It's not. Oh, he's a big pussycat, really. Oh, ignore, the expl- ignore the expletives in that, in that email. It's nothing. It's nothing at all. You just, you just carry off and just do what you think is best. It's just not going to happen. They're going to get absolutely drilled in the Bottas's Dalmatian. Do you know what I mean? It's going <laughs> to... It's... Yeah. It's not going to go good for them, and I don't know why anybody thinks and that... In either the American... Yes, which yeah. whichever way you want to take that. Yeah. Sorry, that's a bad kind of phrase as well. Amazing. Um, <clears throat> moving yeah. on. So that we're family brings... friendly. <laughs> we try our best. Yeah. Um, so that that's my thought. So when I said, "Is it you know, is it a good deal?" I th- kind of think it is. I think it's good for Red mm. Bull because they get away from Renault, and they need to do that because I think that's just gone. It's good for Renault because they get rid of the toxic relationship with Renault with uh, Red Bull and can concentrate on their works team and McLaren, which I think are probably more more mutually inclusive 
in terms of how they they work together potentially, um, and potentially it's good for Honda because it means they get their car, their engine in the back of a of a car. But <laughs> there's big butts on how good it will be for Honda. I think. Um, my interesting thought about it was that they only signed up for two years as well, mm. knowing that the regulations are changing over those two couple of years. Um, and there's obviously big talk about the engine dropping the MGUH um, and just going back to MGUK. Lots of things to try and make the engines simpler. And it's interesting, I think, to some extent, that Red Bull have positioned themselves that at the time when new players might enter the market if there is a simpler rule set in Formula One, they will be able to simply walk away from Honda without having to worry about it. It's just sensible business from Horner and whoever else has negotiated the deal, isn't it, really? I mean, what I, what I worry about is, or not worry, but, you know, what does this mean for Daniel Ricciardo's future, which is already up in the air? You know, do you think he's going to look at this and go, okay, we're trying something different, I want to hang around, or is he going to look at it and go, oh, God, I don't want anything to do with that <laughs> and, and run a mile, you know? Who's he going to factor in? Here? Well, I think I think and you. I mean, you brought it up, Sean, didn't you? That realistically, if if the car drops from being a podium-winning car with potential for race wins, hey, he's won two to... Grand Prix this year, Daniel Ricciardo, mm-hmm. hasn't he? Exactly. I mean, you know, if he goes that to basically dicing with the Renaults, we um, he's not going to want to do that. But he's he's got to make the decision is... before yes. he sees what's coming, and that's what's well, interesting. Yes, or it's either that, or he signs uh, a he signs a two a year, year with Red Bull, right, yeah. or a one year or a one year with a one year possible extension, um, in the hope that somebody comes in for him within that period. Uh, but his big problem is that he's got nowhere to go. Really, um, there's not a seat likely to open up at Ferrari because Leclerc is probably going to want to go in there because I don't think um, somebody else mentioned this. I wish I could remember who it was. It might have been just Kevy, possibly. Um, uh, sorry, not not just Kevin. Uh, Kevin, oh, I'm going to shout him <laughs> out now, and I've forgotten his blooming name when I was Kelly. Kevin Kelly. Yes, I think it might have been Kevin Kelly uh, or, or somebody within within that, that the sort of guys who talk about that stuff pointed out that Daniel Ricciardo isn't really a Ferrari type driver. They kind of don't do smiley happy people, do they? Um, in, in that sort of you know. Uh, jokey kind of light-hearted his, vein. His personality, um, I think, just a bit Ferrari. And I don't mean that as an insult to either of those parties. It just doesn't feel like it would fit. You know, that's just no, my, my thought. I absolutely agree. It, it does feel, and you know, and, and given that that so much um, that social media and is so important these days. Or when I say important, I say that in inverted comments. But you know, it it kind of is. Um, it's just, he just doesn't feel very Ferrari. No, I absolutely absolutely agree with As that. As a brand, yeah. But then that leaves you with um, our one option, which is Mercedes. Are I they going to? Are I, they going to replace Bottas? St- no, I think they're going to stick with him. Yeah, and that's and that's my thought as well. So he almost doesn't have that... a choice choice but to wait and see what this Red Bull Honda partnership is. But as we've seen before with Perez and Hulkenberg, 
you go from being very promising to going into an uncompetitive car that doesn't allow you to display your talents, mm. people very quickly forget about you as being the next big mm. thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Ferrari have got Leclerc. Mercedes yeah. kind of have George Russell sitting in there and, and yeah. you know, potentially Ocon as well because he's... Yeah. He's sort of part of all of that sort of stuff. I know he's 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 a bit with Force India at the moment, but that's yeah, a potential that they can go for. He's a junior, isn't he? Mm. So, so. It, it's not like they can't go for somebody younger and bring them up whilst they've still got um, a top racer in both of those teams in Vettel and Hamilton. It almost makes more sense to do it that mm. way than put a hungry Daniel Ricciardo next to them and upset the team balance. Um, which obviously leaves you sure. leaves you with the one potential option that we haven't really thought about what if Renault produce a really good engine Ooh. <laughs> and then Sainz who is a Red Bull driver now no longer is needed at Renault Daniel Ricciardo could go to Renault and suddenly everything changes <laughs> that is I my would, ideal yeah. scenario that's my I absolute would, ideal abso- scenario Absolutely love it if the Renault could produce a serious car again and make it a four-way fight. I think that would be absolutely brilliant for the game. And you'd have to assume that that would bring McLaren into the fight as well. So you'd be, you know, an embarrassment of riches, <laughs> I mean, really. I would hope so, but at this point, I'm taking nothing from that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yes, so hypothetically, yes. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, I just, I just, I could just, Daniel Ricciardo, like, just, Going nuts in a Renault, like that's so some weird alternative universe stuff that you know <laughs> appeals to me actually. I quite like the idea of that. Max and Carlos back together at Red Bull as well. I mean that would be yeah. hilarious actually, wouldn't it? I think what's gonna happen here is I think I think you're more or less right in that that Daniel is now I think he was really angling for that Ferrari seat, but that seems to be disappearing more and more every week it's either going to be yeah kimmy gets another year hooray or it's going to be leclerc i think it's one or the other now i don't think ferrari are going to go out out with the team so to speak so um so that's that door's kind of been shut in danny rick's face which i think he was kind of kind of hoping for i agree with the team that bottas is probably going to stay at mercedes and then where you're right where does he go so I think I think he's going to have to sit down in August and go. Well, just have to take a punt on the Renault, uh, take a punt on the Honda at Red Bull. I think he's not got much more of an option now. Which is interesting because I think after maybe the second or third races, one of you, one of your guys' episodes was basically saying, and and I agreed with it that sort of Danny Rick kind of held all the cards to next season's grid. And I, and I really agree with it, but I think things are changing quite a lot in that regard. And I th- I think that Mercedes will stick with Bottas, and I think Ferrari will, if they don't resign Mykonen, they'll go with Leclerc because what Leclerc. he's doing, Leclerc, 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 <laughs> you know what he's doing in Salva is impressive, and we talked about it in the previous episode, um, and so I think. Now, when maybe three or four races ago, Daniel Ricciardo had a lot more cards to play, they're quickly disappearing. So, you know, maybe he should have made his move 
then and I'm sort of at the moment I'm looking at the standings in front of me and we're talking about the uh Renault and Honda and I'm looking at, a, at, at the, the top 10 and we've got Ferrari with two Mercedes Red Bull um Renault then Ferrari then Red Bull Renault and then McLaren Renault and then Hulkenberg Renault Science Renault Magnussen's Ferrari and then number 11 is Gasly in the Honda above the two Force Indias in the Mercedes which is sort of actually really supporting that the Honda could be a good a good thing um so so even though I think I'm still in the middle and still I do agree with a lot of what you guys both said I'm still sort of in the middle but having Gasly sort of just poking poking over the edges there with, with the Honda makes me think actually yeah they they this Red Bull this Red Bull deal might be quite a good thing um and I'm now after what seven races in thinking Danny Ricardo you don't quite have all the cards that you had <laughs> in uh race three or four of this season Leclerc has really put a spanner in Daniel Ricciardo's yeah, works by I turning so. up and being as good as he has. And yeah. I, think, I mean, we all knew how good he was or how much potential he could have. Yeah. But, I, but I don't think any of us really expected him to be quite At this, this point. Good. Yeah. The, and and, yeah. and it's, it has it's sort of, you know, pushed Danny's, Danny's plans perhaps in a, out a little bit. So Yeah. And I definitely up. think he had cars but now it's really changing especially with sebastian vettel ex-teammate of danny at ferrari yeah he's going to be sitting there going you know if he's got a choice between danny ricardo multiple race winner or young you know um yeah young rookie who will you know do his bidding at least for the first season probably he's going to take mm. if, 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 yeah. if, if, Seb, if Seb has any weight at all in that ferrari uh, negotiating table which which we know he does then yeah he's going to pull for leclerc here so so yeah poor danny's good find himself out in the cold a little bit especially if he so. keeps Re- especially if he keeps red bull hanging on you know i'm in an hand before he makes a decision red yeah. bull might turn he could turn around and say look you know we we, we gave you options yeah, you're, uh, you're they're not bigger than the team you know we've got carlos Sainz under contract so exactly yeah. and 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 surprising given the only uh, three or four episodes were thinking that he the the one that had had everything in his card and the whole grid was going to be based on his decision. That's it. But so, now, not so much. Interesting times ahead. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Well, yes. <laughs> very much, very much so. Um, there's a probably another you know, hour talking about other ways that, you know, the Mm -hmm. teams could roll and fold in the next two years to see where people might slide into people who might retire because they're bored of formula one potential for Mm -hmm. lots of different things to happen. But I think we've covered everything that we need to cover about this, this rebel Honda deal and, and the different ways that you can look at it. So I think we'll try and save that for 
part of this double header because I have a feeling that I'll need to make sure I've got enough. Triple. Uh, 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 sorry, this triple header. Yeah, I might have to make sure <laughs> I've got enough uh, things to make three uh, very quick banter episodes um, mm. whilst we try and fit in the recording for all of them. So uh, mm-hmm. I think, yes, the executive, the, the hammer is out, gavel done. This podcast is sold to the last lap podcast for the measly sum of uh, 40 minutes of people's time. Cool. <laughs> so, well, do we need to do an obligatory quick mention of Lamar? Oh, uh, yes. I guess we should absolutely, <laughs> absolutely salute uh, Fernando Alonso for. So, Fernando Alonso's off. team. Oh, well, well, I think. No. Do you know what? No, damn it. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna follow this line of everybody saying, Oh, they only talk about Alonso. Well, I'm not being funny. He was the fastest person in that team. He was the fastest person on the track. Average fastest average lap time out of everybody. Why don't we just say that yes, it was a great team thing, but Alonso probably did the best out of the whole of that team. Yeah? Okay, okay <laughs> fine. <laughs> okay, so yes, well done, Sebastian Buemi, who we seem well, to have talked about an, an, an inordinate amount on the last two podcasts for somebody who's <laughs> not part of Formula One. Um, uh, and well, sorry, who was the was it Nakajima? No, Nakajima. It was Nakajima. Sorry, yeah. it's because I've been talking about Sakon Yamamoto today, so I've now got his name completely plastered in my head. I'm very definitely sure it wasn't Sakon Yamamoto winning Le Mans 24 Hour. Definitely not. Because he can mm-hmm. Nakajima. Yes. So well done, Nakajima. Well done, Buemi, and well done, Alonso. For your triumph and well done, Alonso, for ticking off another part of the Triple Crown, probably meaning we'll see you not do Monaco next year at a minimum. Um, (laughs) And whether you do any more of Formula One is yet to be seen. I have a feeling Mm -hmm. you will. That's my gut gut feeling is that he'll do Formula One and skip Monaco again. Um, At least, or he'll at least start the Formula One season and see what it looks like. If the car looks really competitive, he might stick at it to try and maybe win the Formula One title. But if it's not going to look anything like that, um, or the, certainly that the, the the podiums are still a long way off, I think he'll he'll dump Monaco again. And um, that could be interesting because it means we could see Lando Norris in the McLaren next next year yeah. for a singular race, possibly. Um, mm-hmm. Although I wonder if they get Jensen back. That'd be fun. I'd like to yeah. <laughs> be quite nice if every now and again they just bring Jensen back for a race, just like every couple of years, just go like, yeah, we'll, we'll get you to do Monaco again, shall we? You like Monaco? Yeah. Also, you'll take all the engine penalty race, so you'll start 19 or whatever. Yes. But, you know, Absolutely. good luck with that. You won't be able to enjoy it. really no, easy no. to overtake. <laughs> You're not allowed to enjoy this temporary ride, but you do yeah. have to just do it, okay? You'll take all the penalties. It'll be great. Thanks yeah. for coming. <laughs> Well, and indeed, thank you for coming, Alex. Very much Thanks. appreciated you being on the podcast. Would you like to um, prostrate your social media for everybody to enjoy? When you're not uh, drinking not... whilst you're on the bloody podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm Alex Helen Mack on Twitter. That's about it. I tweet F1, some jokes and some fun pictures of my dog. Fair enough. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, do, do you post f- fun pictures of your dog? No, but I do have Twitter if you want to come and uh, chew the fat. Do you have a dog? No, well, my grandma's a dog. <laughs> I was, but... <laughs> that was kind of what I was hoping he was just going to say. No, I don't have a dog, Andy. <laughs> he ruined my joke. I set him all up. Everything. <laughs> yeah, come and follow me on Twitter if you like. It's at Firebolt Willow. Um, yeah, that's where I'll be. 
and of course of course my social media life is pretty much dominated by just being the 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 account for the the podcast so yeah (laughs) at last luck podcast i technically have a personal twitter if you can find it but good luck because i haven't posted there for about six months uh Again, thank you very much for listening, guys. We will see you some point, either during or probably more likely after this triple header. <laughs> uh, so have a good time enjoying all of the Formula One that's coming your way, and we will see you then. Bye bye. Au revoir. And we're out. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Lovely. So much. <laughs> that was good fun. That was good fun. <laughs>